Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Jeremy Goodwin. Communities along the Mississippi River are getting used to record flood levels lately. As the water creeps higher, residents and business owners are filling sandbags and holding their breath. Joining me now in studio to discuss the impact on the region, just what's going on with all this flooding, is science reporter Eli Chen. Eli, thanks so much for coming in today. Hey, Jeremy. Yeah. Well, you've reported that we're expecting the some of the rivers in the area to crest today. Uh, but that's a term that comes up every couple of weeks. So what does that mean? Actually, so it's going to crest tomorrow, according to the National Weather Service predictions. I just checked um, their hydrograph a few minutes ago. Right now, we're at 45 and a half feet. And the uh, National Weather Service expects the river to crest at about 45.9 feet um, tomorrow evening. So by crest, for those who aren't environmental journalists like me or meteorologists, uh, Crest just refers to the highest level that the, the flood will flood waters will rise to before we expect it to recede. So, um, but does that happen cyclically? Like, will it crest again, or is this a one-time? So that's that's entirely possible that we could get a higher crest. Um, it's just uncertain because uh, it's hard for I, I, the National Weather Service and meteorologists to make you know those projections that far out. Okay, well. A lot of us think of a flood as a singular event that that happens. Uh, so right. when, when we when we hear about things like eighty plus days of being at flood levels, does that mean there's water going through the streets for eighty days? What what does that mean? So what that means is that we've been above flood stage. So flood stage in St. Louis is thirty feet, and we've been above that since you know March, and it's it's been. Um, that what that means is that you know more areas are being flooded that wouldn't normally be flooded. Okay, so that's not necessarily homes and businesses, but area that it might be roadways. It, it's yeah, yeah, and like um, so. The thing about uh, this flood is that it's gone on for a long time, and it's reminding a lot of people about the '93 flood, which went on for about 104 days in the St. Louis area. And um, at a recent press conference that the Corps of Engineers had a few days ago, they said that they we're expecting to beat that record. Oh my! So it's, it's historically speaking, the duration we, we we know we're looking at some. Yeah, we're but we're you know just a few feet short of the height that was reached with the 93 flood. Okay. That was 49.6 feet. What factors lead to a more intense flood season in a given year? Well, it could be, you know, it's mostly dependent on, you know, rainfall. And, you know, we had a lot of really heavy snow melt earlier this year. And that contributed to flooding not only here in St. Louis, but, you know, up and down the, the Mississippi River watershed. Um, you know, about a month ago, I came onto the show to talk about uh, the fellowship that I did um, in late April. And, you know, we went down to places in Arkansas and Mississippi where, you know, I um, I saw lots of homes that were, you know, flooded along highways. And um, we took a canoe trip out to, uh, to the Mississippi River near Helena, Arkansas. And we had to go through a flooded forest in order to get out there. So, you a know, this flooded forest. That yeah. sounds daunting to me. Yeah, our river guides really weren't sure what they were doing. And um, we there was a lot of ducking under trees before we actually got out to the Mississippi River. So people were dealing with this up and down the Mississippi, really? Oh, yes, definitely. Well, we've had reporters out in out in the communities covering this in recent weeks. And um, let's go. We have some tape from from some folks who've, who've talked to some people who are out there dealing with that. Let's let's hear some remarks from Andrea McManus. She lives in Grafton. Her home was flooded. She hasn't been able to access it since May 9th. Let's hear Andrea. 
we've taken everything out because things were just floating around in the river, but it's, it stinks. It's, it's gross. I'm looking, I've been looking for apartments and homes, um, Alton, like Edwardsville, because there's, when and if someone goes back, I, I don't know when it'll be, at least till the end of the summer. And I don't understand why Illinois hasn't declared a state of emergency. None of these counties can get any of the money back that they put out or that if the people can't get the help, the businesses can't get the help, and then, then what? Then they have to flee to other cities and then the city fails. Eli, do you happen to know offhand, is that a, a live issue in terms of declaring the state of emergency or not in Missouri and Illinois? Is that something people are, are watching and waiting for? Uh, so I, I'm not too clear on what's happening in Illinois, to be honest. Um, but I, I will know that Andrea's situation is, um, it's it's pretty sad. And, and um, I don't think this was quite mentioned in the tape, but, you know, Andrea has three children that she's also looking after. So, and they only moved into that apartment last November. That was tape that was gathered by our other reporter, uh, Corinne Ruff, um, that was used in a feature that we produced for today. And, um, you know, it's, this flood is really affecting, you know, residents upstream. And uh, Andrea's apartment is right near the confluence of the Mississippi River and the Illinois River, which um, the Corps of Engineers, at least in the St. Louis district, they're really paying attention to because um, those are the areas that are hardest hit right now. Mm. Um, the the kind of impact of the flood we're looking at right now, are these areas that are prone to, to being flooded? Oh, yeah. And there's, uh, you know, I listened to a lot of the, the tape that, Corinne had gathered from um, this interview with Andrea. And, you know, there's a sense that you, if you live along the river, you kind of get used to these floods. But, um, you know, we're, we, we beat the second highest uh, flood on record, um, which was, you know, set in, originally set in like 1973. And, uh, and it's, you know, this is, this is an unusual time. Well, Eli, from a sustainability point of view, um, do we have a habit of, of rebuilding in areas that we know are going to suffer flood damage in the future? I think that a lot of environmentalists will say that, um, you know, they're not, there are not smart decisions being made about developing in floodplains at the moment. And, um, I mean, I, there were a lot of lessons learned, especially after the Great Flood of 93. Um, you know, the, uh, the Federal Emergency Management Agency bought, I think, about more than 4,000 homes after that flood. And, you know, that land can't be redeveloped. But what happens in between all those areas, you know, I, I think there's um, I think there's a lot of targeted economic development happening in those areas. And, you know, there are environmental groups that say that shouldn't happen. Sure, sure. And um, business, we, we heard from a homeowner who can't get into her, or a renter who can't get into her home. Uh, businesses are, are paying the price as well, not only from direct flood, damage, but sometimes from just the impression that a place is dangerous or you should stay away from it. Yeah. And um, so the thing is, is that, uh, you know, this is every time a major flood comes to the area, you know, there there's it sparks conversation about whether or not we're managing the, the rivers correctly. And, um, you know, there's uh, there are a few notable geologists in the region like Bob Chris, who will say time and time again that, you know, the that you know, the Mississippi and the Missouri rivers have been um, altered so much that, you know, it's not flowing um, the way it naturally would because it's being constricted by levees and dams um, and floodplain development. It's been dredged for navigation. And it's, um, 
you know, the thing is that really has an impact on the river. Mm. Let's hear from one of those business owners who's out there. This is Rick Ellis. He owns an antique store called the Brass Horse that's in downtown Alton, Illinois. Um, let's hear about his experience. There has been a lot of water, a lot of evacuations, a lot of businesses shutting down. Um, it's really affected this area quite a bit. I would say my sales have been down 90%. Even um, though chances are this location will never be flooded, uh, people still think most of Alton is flooded and they're not coming over. We have a lot of local uh, that come in and shop, but most of ours is tourist. And considering that the tourist areas around now are shut down because of the flooding, uh, you know, there's just not that many people out. Eli, is the region better prepared now to, to, face, to face all this than it was in 1993? Well, the Corps of Engineers said earlier this week that, you know, the levees are in better shape than they were in 93. There's been, you know, more than $100 million worth of improvements have been done to urban levees in the region. So um, I believe that uh, one of the chief engineers, Dave Bussey, who was around in 93 as well, he said that at a recent press conference that he'd be worried if we had the levees um, that we had in 93. So um, in their view, um, you know, we are prepared, better prepared now. Meaning if the levees hadn't been improved since then? Uh, yeah, we, with we, pump stations, et cetera, okay. like that, you know, we're we're in a better shape than we were then. But we, we still have a long flood season to go this year, right? Possibly. I mean, like I said, it's hard to project that far out. Um, it really depends on how much rainfall we get and where it happens. Very good. I want to thank science reporter Eli Chen. That was very informative. Thanks so much for coming in today. Yeah, thank you. This is St. Louis on the air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.